0: Hey everyone, we're Isa, Natalie, and Maddie, and welcome to Reeling. This is a podcast where three college gals share our hot takes on film and TV shows without the judgment of the pretentious film bros that haunt the halls of
1: our liberal arts university. In this episode, we present to you the Reelies.
2: We are revamping the award shows that you know and hate, and we are paying homage to moments in the films of 2020 that truly matter most. Just a warning: there are many spoilers ahead, so if you haven't seen all of the movies in the description, listen at your own risk, or just click off and come back later. All right, folks. So, uh, what do we think about the Oscar noms this year? Surprisingly, I was not pissed. I'm usually I was gonna furious. say Maddie, same.
1: <laughs> I I was fully expecting to be angry, like very angry, considering how Golden Globes went. But oh god. I was very much surprised and very happy with it. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. The only nomination that didn't make sense to
0: me at first was Lakeith Stanfield in supporting role for Judas and the Black Messiah. But then I went online and saw that it's just because leading role was so stacked and they kind of wanted to like still like give him um, something. So they just put him in supporting role, which I appreciate because he does deserve that recognition.
2: Yeah, yeah, that definitely makes sense. The leading role is stacked. We have Riz Ahmed, Chadwick Boseman, Anthony Hopkins, Gary Oldman, and Stephen Yeun. I've seen all those performances Ooh. except Gary Oldman, but I think those four definitely deserve to be nominated. For sure. It's going to be a tough, tough category to
1: watch because it's like I literally want all of them to win pretty equally. So it's it's going to be hard to watch. Agreed. But I'm excited to see who wins. I feel like I'm not going to I'm not going to be disappointed. What else? Who else was I very pleasantly surprised about? I mean, like I feel like all of them were just like, that makes sense. I'm very happy about that. There weren't any that I was like, okay, why would
2: they do this? Because like last year was a bit, a bit weird. And it's the first time ever that two women have been nominated for best director at the same time, which I'm like, dude, wow. (laughs) In nine decades of this award (laughs) show, two, like two out of five two (laughs) like that that small number yet it's a milestone like i can't
1: (laughs) yeah love that thank you so much
2: and isn't isn't it
1: also like the first time actor like lead actor isn't majority white or something i think so i didn't hear that one but because that that would just be gary
0: oldman and anthony hopkins so yeah. yeah two of the five Very weird very,
2: and Steven Young great. is the first Asian-American actor to be nominated in that category. That is so crazy. Which, again, another, nine like, decades later. Another situation, later. Yeah. yeah. Like,
0: wow, thank you. Great. <laughs> so
1: crazy. Yeah, and honestly, like, I'm very, very thankful that I had the opportunity to watch Minari at home instead of in a theater. Because if, if I was in a theater watching this movie, I would be in pieces. I don't know what I would do. <laughs> like, I'm glad I was in the safety of my own room. Or with my with my family like oh god i can't imagine what that what that would be like in a theater and that's probably the first one i'd watch once i get back into a movie theater Mm -hmm. that's actually so interesting like
0: because of covid we have access to most of the films nominated for free or at least on Mm -hmm. streaming platforms that you pay for but um this is the first year where you don't have to go to the movie theater to see i mean Certain ones like Promising Young Woman are harder to find. You know, they're not just on Netflix or Hulu or whatever, but for the most part, it's been interesting that you can just be in your house and watch all of the Oscar-nominated movies,
1: essentially. Yeah. It has been, because of that,
2: I was kind of shocked at how many I'd already seen because in the past, I'd put in, like, a huge effort to go see all of them in the theaters, but this year, I feel like it, like, it was just, like, watching ones I was interested in, but yet they, were like, all ended up being ones I'd seen, so... So 2020,
0: though, was like a very strange year for watching movies. There was no buildup for the most part because we weren't in theaters watching trailers every single weekend. So there were many films that I didn't even hear about until they were actually released, and then I watched them right away. So there was less of that anticipation time, but also it was a bit of a gift, you know, like every time one would come, I'd be like, oh, I didn't know Judas and the Black Messiah was coming out. Let me watch this. So there was something kind of fun about it in the same way and i think it's also interesting that in 2020 all of these movies were shot at completely different times like some of them were shot in like 2018 or 2019 and just they wanted to push off because of covid the release date or some were filmed you know like malcolm and marie during covid under covid restrictions but they were able to release it um in the same year so i also find that very interesting in terms of like the timestamp of films
2: in 2020. That instant gratification is an interesting point and I like definitely completely different from past years and an example that like kind of counters that is Promising Young Woman because right before everything shut down in like March of 2020 I would see that like the last movie I saw in theaters I saw the trailer for Promising Young Woman um, right before that because it was supposed to come out I think like April 30th was its original release date and then it was just like pushed off indefinitely and I was like I can't wait to see this but like when is it gonna come out like is it ever gonna come out so then when it finally did that was exciting that anticipation of like not knowing at all and I also wonder if that affected its Oscar nominations because I know and there's no like basis or reason for this but a lot of times movies that are released earlier in the year aren't given as much consideration because like voters forgot about them I guess like I know that happened with Jordan Peele's Us a couple years ago like it Mm. came out in like March or something and then it like didn't get any Oscar nominations and I think that it deserved them so like if Promising Young Woman had come out April 30th like would it have gotten this level of recognition it's interesting to think about
0: that's a great point because you're so right like I I loved Us but I remember even by the time of the Oscars it felt like it was so long ago um so I think it's honestly the release of Promising Young Woman was better timing because of the COVID push off and what's interesting is I think the Wes Anderson the French Dispatch trailer came out like the same time as the Promising Young Woman trailer if not a little earlier like over a year ago and the French Dispatch like still isn't going to come out for months so it's like very strange the way we still don't have it where is it (laughs) things are being released on like a very weird timeline this year
1: All right, y'all. Now on to the bread and butter of this episode. And it's our version of an award show that we've called The Realies. So essentially, we have kind of made our own categories. We made five different categories to highlight like kind of our favorite moments um, in all the movies we've seen in this past year. Um, and yeah, so our first category of we have up on the shopping block is The Feelies, which are performances that are like medicine and also like movies that kind of radiate comfort. And I can start with my kind of more, my fa- one of my favorite performances from one of the movies that came out last, this past year is um, Yunya Jung, who plays Sunja or the grandma in Minari. Um, I loved her so much. I literally could start crying right now because she just reminded me of my grandma, Um, like the way that she played her was so nuanced yet so like universal. Like I feel like a lot of people can identify um, with just her character, but like literally for me, like the way she like pats um, David's head and is like, good boy, good boy, or pretty boy. I just like saw that in in, like my experience with my grandma. So it just made me feel so seen and so warm and fuzzy. And uh, I loved it. She had a very
0: comedic element to her too, you know? Like she was everything that makes you feel warm and fuzzy. Like she was not only loving and nurturing and comforting, but she was also just like hilarious in
2: some of her dialogue and um,
0: playful also, which is what you want in a grandparent. Yeah. Her
2: relationship with David and how like it progressed throughout the film was so touching and like their little relationship, like growing the Munari in like by the creek And then at the end, like, as they're guiding her, um, like, after she had the stroke and everything, like, it is just such a beautiful, nuanced performance. She's an amazing actress and um, a very established, famous actress of, like, five decades in South Korea. So I really want to um, explore more of her work, for sure. Absolutely.
0: In a contrasting way, actually, like, I was going to say Dominique Fishback in Judas and the Black Messiah. She plays um, Fred Hampton's wife. Deborah Johnson, and she's the opposite in that she's not really an established actress, but I was very, very impressed by her performance. And it was my introduction to her. I had never heard of her before, but um, Despite her role being, you know, pretty heartbreaking and the movie being very heartbreaking. I thought she was just so intimate and um, Like emotional and in her portrayal and she even um, wrote the poem in the film, like the poem that she says to Fred oh and it's in God. her journal, like that wasn't in Shaka King's original script. She said, I think that it would be good to add this here. And he said, okay, you can write it, you know? So I think she really contributed
2: to the film as more than just, you know, the girlfriend, you know? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, for reference, Natalie and I attended a Q&A with Shaka King, the director, Lakeith Sanfield, Daniel Kaluuya, and Dominique Fishback and she described how she wrote that poem and I've actually seen on her Instagram it seems like she kind of has taken up poetry as a hobby or maybe was a poet before um which is amazing and I'd love to like read her work because it was beautiful in the film another performance that I really loved was Olivia Cook in Sound of Metal she plays Lou who is Ruben's girlfriend and their relationship was just so mutually supportive and you saw so much growth over the course, even though they were separated for a while when he was in um, rehab, uh, it just like remained strong. And when they were reunited, that was just such a moving moment.
0: And her character growth is is incredible. By the end of the film, she's choosing herself, you know, what's best for her growth um, and her goals. And I think it was really nice to see that from the supporting female, like not necessarily just doing what, um, Reuben wanted her to do or to be with him in the end, you know, I just really respected and appreciated her character in general. Absolutely. Yeah. The queen for me of performances that are like medicine um, is definitely Frances McDormand in Nomadland um, as Fern. And that whole, I mean, Nomadland just radiates comfort in general. If we're talking about movies that radiate comfort, like, yep. she just is so, she seemed like, it was one of those performances where you don't think she's acting like that just seemed like yes. she was literally Fern and because she was also working with so many non-actors, like real people. And, you know, for, a for her seasoned actress um, to work with non-actors, I'm sure that was an adjustment and she killed it and um, just established these incredible relationships with every one of the people in the film, but also she like actually lived as a nomad for a huge part of filming and um, worked a lot of the jobs for real for the movie. So um, I just really respect her so much for being in the movie. And also I just left Nomadland feeling so calm and like present and a pre- and grateful for my life as well.
2: Yeah. I think her and Chloe Ja have a really special partnership. Like they're like the way that they executed this film is just so special. Um, and it definitely does just bring, peace of mind so who wins for you
0: guys in this category
1: oh it's so hard i love everybody (laughs) i love all the performances i think all of them just left me with such a different perspective on the world oh god it's hard for me to choose i don't know i guess kind of biased but i'm gonna go with um nina jung just
2: because i love her (laughs) i would agree with that if i literally have to choose but obviously everyone on this list i love (laughs) yeah it's
0: a hard decision. I'm probably gonna say, um, I know now I'm in the minority, but um, I think I just really needed Francis McDormand in Nomadland this year. Like, I think just I needed that tranquility um, and just reminder of how happiness can be just living life simply. So um, I think that is my decision, but I'll turn to the people. I've got my fancy little envelope here. Uh, we asked the Grain Gang, or anyone who follows our Odd Pods Out on Instagram. We asked in our stories who you think should win, and you chose. Let's see.
1: It sounds so official. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Yoon Jung in Minari. Love. Applause. Applause. Applaus. Love. Oh, my God. Like, literally thinking about her performance makes me want to cry and hug my grandma deserved um,
0: for sure Deserves so it.
1: so deserved wait can I just say I realized that every
0: single person in our feelies performances that are like medicine category is a woman and I don't think that is a coincidence definitely so. not so true. <laughs> makes perfect That's sense like to me women just radiate comfort <laughs>
1: yeah. makes perfect um, sense <laughs>
0: Unfortunately, moving away from the female category.
2: (laughs) Our heartthrob and new crushes category. There were a few shockers this year with people that I found myself crushing on that I never thought would be possible before, you know? Yeah. A lot of confusion. Pretty heartbreaking.
1: (laughs) A lot of confusion. A lot of of questioning my own
2: taste and wondering, is this really it? Um... (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> but also, also being like
2: a few, like, you a know few obvious ones a few obvious yeah ones. true like Riz Ahmed is a beautiful man objectively but <laughs> so true so true
1: but let's just like should we quickly run through the categories just to save some time because I feel like some of us could or at least all of all three of us could talk about all these people at length should we just yes. plow through all of <laughs> okay like, plow through. let's go
2: <laughs> all right
1: so we've got how many people we got here six six people I'm just gonna run through um the first uh Um, this movie came out in 2021, but I'm the one who nominated Issa. I'm, I am the one who nominated him because being born and raised in the Bay area, this man has controlled my life since I was in high school. Um, and it is Nico Haraga and Moxie. Um, second Maddie mentioned is Riz Ahmed in sound of metal. Third is one is a guy who we all love, (laughs) who we all know and love very much. Andy Samberg (laughs) in Palm Springs or just in general, um, up next, we have Jesse Plemons in I'm Thinking of Ending Things, not, not, in, not, Judas. Judas. not, not, not in Judas, not in Judas. Let's clarify that. Right yeah, now. we need to make that very explicitly clear. <laughs> yeah, there's a very fine line he walks, but in this movie, not he, He's in the clear. Okay, up next, my favorite man on the planet um, and well-loved by all three of us is Stephen Young in Minari. I have loved him quite literally since I was 15. When he was in Walking Dead.
0: Absolutely.
1: And last but not least, the man of the hour, Bo Burnham,
2: in Promising Young Woman. He, oh. Before the climax, can we say? Before the climax. (sighs) Yeah. In that that rom-com dreamy part of the movie, when he says the lines such as, I'm gonna buy you a bicycle. I could write a poem. Dancing in the pharmacy. (laughs) Yeah, dancing in the pharmacy. It absolutely, it has brought me so much anguish. I cannot even describe.
0: So true. That, his, like, performance and being the ideal heartthrob in, like, that rom-com, like, midsection was, like, what made it so painful and traumatizing when she sees the video and hears his voice. Like, like, I just... Emerald Fennell knew what she was doing in casting Bo Burnham. It was
1: targeted, right? It was, it was targeted and it was evil. Absolutely insidious. And I. We'll get to that later. Insidious, diabolical. We'll get to that in
0: our imprisonment We section. will. So, um, let me just say yes. Bo Burnham, I, has lived rent-free in my brain since early high school when I would play his music <laughs> in the car with my family, um, which, sorry. No. They, yeah, why? I don't know. Um, <laughs> And then he continued to impress me with eighth grade. And then now I see him acting in a legitimate movie in Promising Young Woman. And he was incredible and like continues to get better over time. He's aging well.
2: Absolutely yeah. love him. I will never forget him in that one episode of Parks and Rec. He plays Chip oh McCap. Oh and my he's like a country singer. And it is the best. It's just, it's one of the funniest episodes of that show ever. And I've loved him ever since seeing it. You unearthed something in my <laughs> brain. I forgot he was in Price and Rec.
1: <gasps> oh my god. Uh, and then wow. again,
2: like also with eighth grade, like I was so impressed by that movie and just his like tenderness and like capturing the experience of a middle school girl. Like how did he do that so well? I don't I don't know. Yeah. It's inexplicable. Um, but yes, I I love that man. A lot of love for both I feel like
1: a couple a couple guys out of this category are like comedy dudes who are just like now acting. Like, Andy Samberg. He was another. Like, I remember watching him on SNL, and,
0: like, I'd go back on old SNL skits just to see Andy Samberg and and Bill Hader. Um, And Andy, specifically, I was always so confused why I had a crush on him. I never understood it, and it continues to be that way with Palm Springs. It just, I don't understand. Oh, God.
1: Him in that movie just made me so angry. I, I'm just mad. Like, Why? (laughs) i don't understand why i'm attracted to him like he's so attractive and like why does he have to do that like
2: he couldn't he's hilarious and like can sing to like lonely island is a thing and it's just like yeah oh it's God. just the talent so i think true. that like radiates from him is like very um so true just like confusing and like hurtful because why like <laughs> just why <laughs> true all right this category is
0: stacked, but I'm interested to see who everyone chose. So I have this envelope here as well.
1: Oof. You hear that rip? This is gonna be a hard, to- hard, hard nomination to pick. All right, and the winner is
0: Andy Samberg in Palm Springs.
1: Whoa! <laughs> so true. I wow. mean, I kind of expect, it was either Andy or Bo for me. Yeah, for me too. Yeah. Love Stephen Yun with my entire too. body and soul, but I th- it was either going to be Andy or Bo. And the people have indeed spoken, but it is Andy. I think oh, I
0: probably wow. would have chosen Bo, but Andy is a very close second for me, so I respect the decision.
2: True. Both guest starred on Parks and Rec. May I say Andy was in an episode as well.
0: <laughs> oh, it all started on Parks Wait, and Rec. Wait, so True. Shake.
2: Oh my he god. He was the one who like screamed everything the park ranger, remember? Oh,
1: yes. Oh my god. Sorry. I can't believe it. I need to rewatch Parks and Rec just to see them again. <laughs> <laughs> the people have spoken. Oh Thank you so much for voting. <laughs> yeah, a, a very hard category to choose from, but I'm glad that we've got our winner. <laughs> All right. Up next, we have a few. It's listed here as just moments TM, but really it's a it's a category that has a couple of like very iconic moments in all of these all of these films and they're not like super like heart wrenching or like dramatic in any way. Um, maybe to us they are, maybe to us they're like everything and more, um, but we have four moments here. And they are as follows: um, Bo Burnham drinking the spit coffee.
0: He's back, Boston folks. And oh, he's, he's back. back. Uh,
1: you thought we? You thought he was surprised, bitch. You thought you're done with him? No, he is back. I, um, if
0: I could choose one piece of media to watch on loop for the rest of my life, it would be. Him drinking the spit coffee and looking over the rim of the cup at her.
2: Oh, his eye, like God. that last frame right before it cuts, and his eyes are like as he drinks the coffee. It's just, oh, it hurts my soul. Like it's like burned into my brain. I think I've seen the movie like once,
1: but it, that that frame is burned into my brain. <laughs> I've seen it three times
0: now, and every time it hurts worse. Let me just tell
1: you. Mm. So, really, salt in the wound. I think salt in the wound.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now, moving from that, actually, to a more wholesome contender in this category is Alan Kim's cowboy boots in Minari. <laughs> I love him so
1: much. Sweet like angel. I would give the
2: world to him. My favorite actor. Like
1: he's just so. The sweet. scene where like he like pees in the cup and he like runs <laughs> outside and he puts on his little boots and he's running. Ugh. I don't know why that resonated with me. What is with like spit in a cup and now there's pee in a cup? Like,
0: can people keep their bodily liquids out of (laughs) drinks? Like, I don't know why it's so hard. During
1: pandemic? Like, really? (laughs) All right, and then up next, we have not one that includes, well, arguably, kind of doesn't really include bodily fluids, but you could argue the opposite. Um, it's Anya Taylor-Joy lifting her dress in Emma to like stand in front of the fire and like dry herself. I thought that was hilarious and very relatable. And I think it's like one of those questions I've always had about like the Regency era. Like what happens if like you get a little down there, you know what I mean? What do you do? And she answered that question with this one, one frame from Emma. And so iconic. I loved it. It's always (laughs) so funny to see like in period films like
0: funny little like not necessarily bodily functions because that isn't what that is but like quirky little things because we often see like period dramas that are super serious and like proper so to see her breaking that is like so comedic
1: and so cute at the same time so true I feel like a lot of that movie was that that
2: image is very relatable I would do the same (laughs) all
1: right last but not least we have I mean, arguably, these could have been also in our heartthrob category, but they deserve their own moment. And it's just Lakeith Stanfield and Daniel Kaluuya's eyes. That's it. Mm-hmm. Just that's just it. the
2: two best actors of our time. Like, I literally feel unworthy to be watching them act. <laughs> yep. it, like, it makes me feel very lucky that we have them. So true. The way that you can see like every nuanced thought that Lakeith as Bill O'Neill is thinking in that movie, like, literally Mm. just through, like, his sad eyes, it's, it's, like, unfathomable. Especially in
0: Lakeith's eyes, because, like, normally, like, I know Daniel Kaluuya is, like, known for expressive eyes, especially after Get Out, but, like, I feel like in Judas and the Black Messiah, Lakeith is really, like, his eyes show, because he has the guilt also, there's what he's thinking inside, and then there's the front that he's putting on to the Panthers, because he's lying to them. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know how we have eyes as a moment but it somehow
1: works like it it (laughs) just some is
0: like it is
1: like it it is a moment they are the moment truly so who wins this who
0: do you guys think wins this oh
2: it's very scattered category very diverse options so true yeah i have to say personally lakeith and daniel's eyes i just love these two actors so very much
0: Mm, i feel yeah i can't betray mm. my boy lakeith however I haven't been able to stop replaying that video of Bo Burnham drinking a spit coffee. So like, I really, that one's just like, so it's not that I want to choose it. It's not really a choice. That's just what unfortunately has changed. He's choosing
1: for you. He's choosing for you at this point. I would have to agree, Natalie. I think Bo Burnham has, like, I just Mm -hmm. can't escape him. So I have to go with Bo as well in this Mm -hmm.
2: category. Okay. And I have what the people have chosen. Let's see. Here we go and the really goes to Anya Taylor Joy and Emma. This is shocker. what? I mean, obviously wow. great moment. I'm living for
1: that though. It's I true. think I think that's the number one thing that I want to do once I'm back in, out of my house. I want to wear an 18th century or 19th century gown and stand in front of a fire mm. and just you know, enjoy myself. You should do that. I, I love that for you. So, like, Thank you. your post-pandemic <laughs> plan is that. Just, just you know, walking <laughs> okay. around, pretending that I am also very rich, um and just, like, you know, standing in front of a fire. Mm-hmm. You know, the simple things, you know? I'll respect it. Yeah. <laughs> Up next, we got a category that is a bit diverse, I would say. Um, like it's called You Deserve Better, right? And it's it encapsulates snubs, it encapsulates why we're in this project because you are so much better. It also encapsulates like you absolutely acted your ass off in this movie and it gave you dust. <laughs> so with that in mind, we have four nominees for this category. The first one being Regina King. That She was absolutely snubbed for best director and that is why she's in this category. Because one night Miami was phenomenal, as we all know, and she definitely deserved more recognition. And for
2: her directorial debut, yes, like that is her first movie that she's ever directed. Like, it's amazing. It's so impressive, and she really deserved a nomination with that. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like the fact that it was her debut, and she didn't get any. Like, come on, what she deserves so much better. Okay, and then up next we have the queen herself, Zendaya this one
0: hurts This hurts. Oh. this one hurts because i was so looking forward to malcolm and marie and i love euphoria and sam levinson also did euphoria but i watched it with maddie actually and i was just like very disappointed i found malcolm and marie's like whole script and everything to be pretty self-indulgent um so mm-hmm. i really didn't like the film however the only thing that carried the movie along um were both I mean Zendaya and John David Washington's performances as Malcolm and Marie but just specifically Zendaya like oh my god her performance in that movie was like just showed how legendary of an actress that she will be for our generation
2: so yeah I agree when watching it for the first time well I've only seen it once but (laughs) while I was watching it I think I wanted to like it it's just not yeah there's so much wrong with it yep the screenplay is very, like, white man expressing his grievances yep. through a black man, which does not sit right yep. with me at all. Mm-hmm. But agreed with what you said, that the performances are both phenomenal. Um, they act very well together. I think they had great chemistry. Oh, for sure. The cinematography was beautiful. Um, but yeah, the writing, I Sam, I'm disappointed. I also loved Euphoria, but no the answer is no
1: but yeah like also considering the fact that she was given that script and she did she did the performance that she did like shows so much about her abilities like she really took lemons and made lemonade because her performance was just amazing and i can't wait to see what she'll do next after this like i know she has like euphoria spider-man but like she has so much more and this movie like showed that apart from like the horrible writing but like she's just She won an Emmy, dude. Like, come on. Like, I watched this and I was like, oh, my God. Now that you say that, that's actually really
0: interesting because in her roles in Spider-Man and Euphoria, she's playing a high school character. And as well, in you know, her best work, Shake It Up, um, she also played a high school character. So this was her first, like, adult female role. Um And she mm-hmm. killed it, so I'm very excited to see her take on more mature roles following this. Yeah,
1: me too. All right, up next, kind of falls under the why are you in this movie category, <laughs> and it's Meryl Streep in The Prom.
2: Yeah, why? Wait, come on. She's Meryl Streep, like, Meryl Streep. <laughs> and The Prom was just not good. Like... <laughs> Like, how did they afford
0: her? They How did they afford her, Nicole Kidman? How did they afford these actors? That
2: cast. Just the whole cast. Because it's Ryan Murphy, like, he got those connections. Ooh. However, the movie was just so bad. Like, I can't believe I wasted two hours of my life watching that. No offense, but... It's two hours? Yes, it's like two hours and 15 oh, minutes dude. or something like that. <laughs> and I loved the original, like, stage musical. Like, I saw it on Broadway and it was beautiful, But then they did this with it, and it's just so disappointing. Also, the fact that they didn't consider, like, the people that the roles were written for, like, the people who acted them on Broadway, they just wanted big names, which Uh is, like, why Meryl Streep is in it, but, like, it didn't, it wasn't effective. What doesn't make sense to me
0: is how they couldn't get Meryl Streep to be in more than a minute of the new Mamma Mia, but they could get Meryl Streep Streep to be the lead in The Prom
1: like (laughs) make it make sense
2: please absolutely ridiculous (laughs) all right
1: moving on to our last nominee in this category um this movie also came out in 2021 but it's just kind of also falling under the same um section i guess as zendaya it's tom holland and cherry Uh, i have a lot to say about this movie but i will not go into it but tom holland acted his ass off in this movie and it was great to see but i didn't particularly enjoy the rest of the movie and that's not that's not his fault he did what he could with what he got and he delivered and for that he is nominated under this this category
0: i haven't seen cherry yet but i also support him being in the you deserve better category just for the camera shot angled out of his
1: colon oh my god
0: i also think he deserves better than that
1: Please. I think it's also a similar thing to Zendaya, ironically, because they're also in Spider-Man together. This is kind of one of his more, like, adult roles, because he he looks very young, and, like, he plays high school characters, but he plays, like, a grown man with, like, addiction issues who has PTSD in this movie, and it's such a diversion from what he's usually seen playing. So it's, tra- it's tragic in that way, where he's, like, trying to diversify what he's doing, but, like, it just is weird. <laughs> but, I mean... Hey, all four of these people definitely deserve so much better. So who do you guys think will win out of this category?
2: I think Zendaya, just because I really wanted to love the movie. And I just didn't. And she's just so much better than it. I
0: was going to agree, Maddie. I was going to say our girl Zendaya for sure yeah
1: for sure i was gonna say that as well uh maybe with tom holland trailing a little bit second because it's just so tragic like it's not their fault that like these movies are like kind of weird but but they did they did the they did the deed with these movies so
2: all right maddie let's see who our voters have decided deserves better okay the winner is Zendaya and Malcolm and Marie. Yep. Period. And a notable, we have a notable nomination for this one. Um, someone wrote in Rada Blank, the director and writer, and I believe she also stars in the 40-year-old version. And mm-hmm. we got that from Deja, so thank you so much, Deja, for writing that in. That's a movie that has been on my list for a very long time. I still have not gotten to watch it, but I really am looking forward to doing so.
0: Yeah, now I need to make that a goal to watch that one. There's so many yeah. movies this year, despite it being the COVID year. So I definitely should yeah. watch that one.
1: Also under Daisy's recommendation, I will do anything that they tell me to watch. That's so true. Yes. <laughs> Our last category, which we did not
0: ask everyone else for their opinion, just because this is a bit of a weird one. It's called imprisonment. These things or people deserve... <laughs> imprisonment and i know you might not understand what that means which is why we didn't make it a public category however i think isa would best describe what imprisonment means so
1: give it a shot isa i'm so honored that you think i would be the best person to describe this category it's i mean it's 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 simply, it's kind of self-explanatory I would think. It's just these people deserve imprisonment. Perhaps (laughs) not for bad, because they did bad things. Perhaps they did something so good that it harmed us in a way that we feel would warrant imprisonment. Yeah,
2: it's just for many different reasons. There's a very, there's a wide range of reasons we have for these, um, of different justifications for why these people deserve prison time in federal prison. And we'll go through those right now. No, that we're
1: saying prison, like prison, not like jail. Prison, like prison prison time. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) I think they don't understand any more than they
0: already did, so let's get to the (laughs) nomination. Okay. All
2: right. First, we have Sam Levinson, as we mentioned before. Yeah. Why? Why that script? We're not surprised on this one. Why those (laughs) actors? Just why?
0: Mm. Yep. We already expressed our disappointment in general like it just wasn't consistent with what euphoria made us expect for malcolm and marie so he just needs a time out to you know reconsider his next project you know and maybe um write a better script that was really harsh oh god God. natalie
2: (laughs) that was incredible
0: i'm so
1: sorry (laughs) i mean i'm not sorry but i know that came across hey but i mean he is under the imprisonment category, so we can really drag him. It needed to be said, two. you know,
2: like, it's just... Next we have Emerald Fennell. This is not for a reason you may think. Well, maybe based on our previous categories it is. But it's simply for casting Bo Burnham in that role. <laughs> we won't shut up about oh, Bo we Burnham, were done. Guys. You thought He's we were done with done. Bo? No? Think again!
1: Think again, guys. <laughs> all right no she
0: deserves imprisonment for many things like i think she did an incredible job with the screenplay and directing like seriously very impressed with her and she told like a story that you know is is a dangerous game to play in this male-dominated industry so i appreciate what she what she did however getting us to love and trust ryan bo burnham's character so deeply and then to just tear that from us oh it was like a punch to the gut like I'm still recovering from that twist
1: hit a bit too close to home I would say because you know I watch movies to escape my reality and, like this movie just like really put the nail in the coffin for me um and also like her choice to um cast all of these very notable like heart throbs like like nice guys nice guys yeah exactly nice guys yeah they were notably like
0: actors that have played nice guys in the past or just likable guys like max greenfield as schmidt in new girl wasn't necessarily (laughs) schmidt wasn't really a nice guy but he's one of the most beloved characters in television history so to see him be you know this monster
2: Mm -hmm. and just so like fun like i can't take him seriously his character is so disgusting and like evil and like literally burns a body to cover up for his friend but like looking at his face all i see is schmidt and it's just so so sad it's
1: so hard to
2: differentiate
1: and like we know this is what she meant to do but like
2: it still hurts Mm -hmm. it's very purposeful and it's effective it shows how effective it is i also want to just mention that she was showrunner on season two of killing eve which like if you know me like I could geek out about Killing Eve for hours on end, but the fact that she did that, and, like, the second season is my favorite, honestly, and, like, she's just, yeah, I'm a fan. Emerald. Love you, girl. Yep.
1: Up next in the imprisonment category, I'm gonna literally laugh through this because I can't believe you wrote this person's name down. It's James Corden. (laughs) This is
2: pretty obvious. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. His performance in The Prom, it's just such an issue. like, (laughs) First of all, the fact that he's playing a gay man, and there's just so much, like, stereotype used in his performance, and it just, like, was so icky to me. Also, just this more frivolous, but his American accent, like, it just, it's not right. (laughs) (laughs) It's not right. Like, I cannot look at James Corden's face here in American accent, like, that's, it's just, like, cognitive dissonance. So true, he just looks British. (laughs)
1: <laughs> like if you if I did, had no if I didn't know James Corden existed if I didn't know who he was that he was British he showed me a picture of him and I'd be like that guy's British <laughs> like you cannot tell me that this man isn't British.
0: What I don't get though about him is like I really like him as a late night talk show host like I find him to be very funny and I think his interviews are good. But I've never liked him in a movie. Like, he was in Mm-mm. Cats and he was in Into the Woods. Oh, like, why are, you, like why are people still using him in movies? Like, I don't understand who's like, oh. He haunts my dreams. Like, someone in the casting room is like, oh,
1: we should reach out to James Corden for this role. Like, there's so many <laughs> other people that, that could have played this, this part. Imagine that conversation. Like, we found out he could sing and then all of Hollywood was like, this guy is it. This is <laughs> for it. For every musical movie we ever produce. Yeah, dude. And then when we all found out he could sing, he wouldn't stop singing. Like, he wouldn't stop. (laughs) Like, he just kept singing. Even on his, like, talk show, he would sing. I'm like, dude,
2: please. We get it. Next on the list, we have Chloe Ja because she directed, wrote, and edited Nomadland. And did such a masterful job at all of it. It's just so, it's so sensitive and personal and moving, and I'm just in awe of her and i just think that she like the i don't know the the pain it causes me that she's this talented makes her deserve prison what she needs is she needs to take a step back to allow the
0: rest of us to move forward in this industry like i don't understand like if you're this multi-talented like you are a threat to me and everyone else in this society like in the, the like so you're true so, so good at literally everything like how am I expected to be like I can't even be good at one of those things and you're doing all of them like yeah it's just she
1: needs to she needs to chill a little it's bit like yeah exactly like just stop please for like two because we need to catch up like you're just way too you're gonna set the bar too high and we will not be able to meet it so Mm. you know spend a spend a couple years away and (laughs) maybe we can catch up
0: (laughs) i don't know who i think should win this one like this one's harder for me to choose who i
1: think deserves the most amount of prison time like i don't know (laughs) this sounds so crazy that we're like this person deserves to go to prison (laughs) i don't know either man i want to say sam levinson just because i cannot get over how sinister the writing for
2: malcolm marie is Mm. This is kind of like a shocker, I guess. But I will probably say James Corden. Mm. I just think he needs Mm. to be locked away for a little bit. (laughs) Like he can come back, but like not for a while. Why you
0: said that? Oh my God. I'm thinking Sam Levinson. I'm thinking like that movie was so disappointing to me. I feel like he just really needs some time to like, you know, read. I already already dragged him like 10 minutes ago. So (laughs) I'm just going to
2: leave it there. I mean, come out with the second season of Euphoria and then lock him away, because I want that Okay. <laughs> first.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's his second, that's his, re- his redemption, like, you have the chance to prove yourself. Like, walk steadily. Is that a, is that a phrase?
2: <laughs> Tread <laughs> walk lightly. <laughs> tre-
1: <laughs> walk steadily. <laughs> walk steadily, Sam Levinson. We gotta patent that. You should expect us, Sam Levinson, at this point because I just can't get over that movie, dude. Watch your back. <laughs> I can't. Literally watch your back. We will we'll be in contact.
2: And that concludes the release, our very own awards show where we highlighted some of our most memorable moments and performances of this season. And now we have Take 5, which is where we recommend five pieces of media that pertain to the theme of each episode. So first, I'm going to recommend My Octopus Teacher. It is a documentary on Netflix, and it was nominated at the Oscars this year for Best Documentary Feature. It's very tender and sweet about a friendship with a man and an octopus. That really happened, and highly recommend gives you all the feels very comforting
1: all right and up next um, I'm recommending actors on actors which is variety I believes talk show um, where they have they invite actors on different um, movies and they you know discuss whatever they feel like discussing um, whether it's about their current projects or more like I guess um, conceptual stuff that they've encountered as actors um, and specifically we'd really like to re- recommend Stephen Young and Riza meds Actors on actors, Carey Mulligan and Zendaya, and also Daniel Kalia and Tom Hollands. Um, those are super, super insightful and very great in conjunction with the films that they're starring in and it's super cool to like get insight on these projects in their own kind of process and to getting into character and stuff like that. Um, up next, this is a more wholesome one. Um, it's Alan Kim's Critics' Choice Award Speech. It's just wholesome. It gives you hope and humanity. Who doesn't want that? definitely go watch that if you are in need of some, you know, joy in your, in your day-to-day.
0: This is a weird transition from that one, but Lakeith Stanfield's Instagram is a gift that keeps on giving. Let me tell you, you want to follow this dude on Instagram because he posts the weirdest videos. My favorite has been the video of him in an animal onesie and in, you know, Classic Lakeith fashion, he deletes all of his posts within 24 hours of posting them. So you definitely wanna follow him so you can get this content before it disappears forever. Um, But definitely very
2: entertaining. He's a pretty weird dude. And next we have Boots Riley's 2018 film, Sorry to Bother You, which is a very comedic magical realism film um, commenting on the ills of capitalism. And we chose it to recommend because it features many actors from different movies this year that um, we've talked about already. So Lakeith Stanfield is the lead. He plays Cassius Green. And then in supporting roles, we have Steven Yeun of Minari fame. And both of those actors were nominated at the Oscars this year. And then we also have Jermaine Fowler, who is also in Judas and the Black Messiah. So it's a great movie. We recommend you check it out. It is on Hulu.
0: Before we hop off, we just wanna give a few honorable mentions to films we didn't get to recognize much in this episode um, and many of which were snubbed at the actual Academy Awards. So first we wanna mention Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, which is a very intimate portrayal of just young womanhood and abortion um, and the lead character is played by Sydney Flanagan named Autumn and she just gives an incredible breakthrough performance and I can't wait to see what she's in next because it was very very raw and
2: she delivered her emotions perfectly. Next we have Ma Rainey's Black Bottom which is on Netflix Chadwick Boseman, Viola Davis, and Coleman Domingo all give breathtaking performances in George C. Wolf's adaptation of August Wilson's popular play.
1: Up next we have Emma um, which is adapted obviously from Jane Austen's Emma. Um, it's a fun time. It's not really what you would expect out of a period piece. I definitely went into it thinking I'm gonna literally fall asleep because of the dialogue and whatever, but it was very fun. And also, Andy Taylor-Joy gives an amazing performance. It's lovely watching her in anything, but this, one is, this movie especially. Um, and our last honorable mention goes to Palm Springs. We did touch on it a little bit, especially with Andy Samberg, but in all seriousness, this movie does touch on very, very important topics um, pertaining to just making the most out of everyday life even if it's repetitive and mundane seeming and it's just a fun it's a fun watch so definitely give all of these movies a watch if you haven't already all right and that is it for today's episode thank you guys so much for listening and we are fully aware that we probably missed a few amazing amazing movies so if you have any more recommendations for us feel free to give us or send us a dm on instagram at OddPodsOut. out not only for your recommendations on what you want us to watch next but also for any other hot takes or opinions that you have on any of the stuff that we talked about in this episode if you want to you know debate with us or talk about anything definitely shoot us a dm and we we will love to have that conversation all right guys we
0: all hope you have a fun and safe oscars night and we'll see you next time bye
2: guys bye bye thanks so much for listening I'm Jillian, the producer of Reeling, and I just wanted to say that the show wouldn't be possible without our graphic designer, Isa, our music designer, Maddie, our social media manager, Madison, and listeners like you. If you have any suggestions for topics to be covered in future episodes, or any comments, questions, or concerns, please email podcast.grainofsaltmag at gmail.com. And for more fun, head to at oddpodsout on Instagram. Thanks again.